I got a kettlebell. It's gonna be delivered later. So it's funny because I always feel bad for the delivery people that have to bring that stuff. You know, like I know it's their job. I, I understand know. that they deliver heavy stuff all day it's long. But I think about when I see stuff on sale like those, uh, you know, those adjustable, uh, you know, barbells that you can like set yeah. different weights and stuff like that. So when you pick it up, it's a specific mm -hmm. weight. But when the delivery person has to bring it, they're bringing all of those yep. plates in one box times two, at least. <laughs> right, right. Luckily, this is just a little 15 pound um, ball. So, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy. Yeah. I don't know much about the the whole delivery game. Um, I've never been a delivery person uh, in any nature of that sort. But I do wonder, like, how do they give them ample heads up about the weight of certain things? Because, you know, on the outside, the boxes all look the same. You know, you, you kind of try to, like, eyeball them by the, by the size. But, you know, what do you do? I think it's about loading them into the truck initially. Like kind of thing they know hey i need a dolly for this and whatever and then i i mean i'm sure they all have like if you work for ups like everyone who works for ups has to be able to lift like 50 pounds or something whatever like whatever the weight is you know yeah yeah because now i'm thinking about this delivery driver bringing your kettlebell and having to carry it like um you remember on futurama when nibbler would take a poop and it'd be just this little tiny ball mm -hmm. of dark matter but yep. it weighed everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, that's just what's going through my head right now. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they are prepared for the kettlebell delivery. I try not to think about that because it'll make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. Let's move on to something else then. Here's the part where I publicly guilt you and try to force you to make a podcast about vinyl collecting because it's very interesting mm -mm. to me even if i don't get involved in this hobby as we've been talking about in the, in the uh in the discord server lately um you know we've we've got some some vinyl collectors in there that have been giving me some great advice and the leader of that gang is lex and let me tell you this is some <laughs> fascinating shit i had no idea how deep the rabbit hole goes oh it's deep yeah I just, it's so funny that you brought that up because literally like five minutes before we started recording, I found a, um, you know, the band Boy Genius? Yeah. Do you know who they are? I do. Like the, the Phoebe Bridgers group. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they have a new record coming out at the end of the month and I typically don't pre-order stuff. I just like, <laughs> I have to really trust the artist because sometimes you don't like an album someone puts out you know you have to hear it first yeah but man they had this like spotify exclusive like cream like yellow custard vinyl mm -hmm. for this new record it completely sold out in the u.s and it i checked out of the uk store with it and like i think i got the last copy because it said it sold out right after yeah like, damn little stuff like that um it makes me really interested in collecting uh this this type of this type of stuff just because you know we've talked about it before and i told you like it's either the it's either vinyl records or little plastic men but little plastic men can't mm -hmm. play your favorite song you know like you can look at them yeah they're entertaining but mostly mm -hmm. they just stay in their box and then you move on but with the vinyls it brings a whole world of emotion. It's the experience about taking it out of the sleeve and reading the liner notes and, you know, maybe having something to drink you're also, while you're just listening, you know? Yeah. You're also listening to an album and we don't listen to albums the way that we used to, right? Because we have shuffle, we have playlists, we have everything like that. You know, um, I think it forces your attention span a little bit like to stick with an album. Yeah, I agree. And because yeah, like you like you said, it's 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 not only an experience, it's it's a little bit of work too, because you have to flip it over, you know. Um, especially mm -hmm. with uh multi disked albums, multi, you know, LPs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um 
you have to you have to get up and flip it over a few times and make sure you take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You are <coughs> when you're listening to vinyl, you're an active participant, and that's not the case with, um, ev- not always the case with a lot of other mediums. And so one of the things that made it um kind of kind of popping in my head this week more than any other time um is because one you know there's a deal on woot.com right now that offers a Mm -hmm. victrola uh you know record player one of those suitcase record players for like 20 bucks and i'm like that's Mm -hmm. a steal and that's a nice little entry point to see if you want to dip your toe into the hobby or whatever but of course you had advice for me that that probably wasn't the best way to go but not only that it's it's perfectly fine if you're not worried about damaging the record that you're playing if you're playing cheap records see if you like the hobby it's fine but you have to keep in mind that it might damage that record you might have to replace that record if you get into the hobby and that's kind of where i am right now so one of my favorite albums of all time is daft punk's discovery and they recently did a, a new pressing of the album. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be really cool to hear it on a, on a new medium. I, I think it would be really neat to hear yeah. it on a record. So I want to check that out. And also, you know, it, it came to mind because recently, um, actually just a, just last week, the uh, creator and manga artist of Daft Punk's I don't even know what you call it. It's, it's, it's basically like a full anime that goes along with the songs of that album interstellar 5555 the uh the creator of that Mm -hmm. uh lazy uh matsumuto he passed away and i kind of wanted to get that album to kind of honor his memory so i was looking at different versions of it and everything online and of course you have the basic version which is the one they just re-released it was available at target and amazon Mm -hmm. and all that stuff like that um and then they have like the super limited edition version and i cannot mm-hmm. believe how much this is selling for on ebay we're talking five mm-hmm. digits man mm-hmm. like and it's all because it has his art on the cover instead of just mm-hmm. like the black cover with the daft punk logo it's amazing yeah. um it is here's the thing if you take care of the records that you get mm, you they will probably hold their value or close to and if you get something that's very limited like that it will probably increase in value there's no guarantee but it's not you know it's not like buying other things in my opinion um i have some stuff that i've bought I, okay i i bought a record years ago <laughs> by this bed this band dead man's bones right Mm -hmm. and I liked the record. It was really good. It was like a spooky Halloween type of thing, but I didn't really listen to it a lot. It was the first pressing that that came out of it. It was like, you know, original, um, no damage or anything to it at all. It was in great shape. It was only played a couple times kind of thing. And I was like, you know, I can listen to this album, you know, on Spotify, and I'm fine with that. Like, that's, that's okay. Sometimes you get a record and you decide, I kind of, you know, had the season of this one and I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. So I originally paid probably like 30 bucks for it, something like that when it first came out. Um, and I sold it right when we moved here. Um, actually, I sold it like literally right before we moved and then I ended up shipping it out from here. And mm-hmm. I sold it for like $250. So, you know, the years that has that have passed between when I purchased that record and now it's just become, they haven't repressed it or, or they have, but like people want that original pressing because like various reasons, they're very passionate about it, whatever, you know? Um, so it can increase in price too. Like it can be considered an investment in certain things. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's all such an interesting world that that exists in that i really not i'm really not a part of i mean there's record stores there's record store days there's you know Mm -hmm. trading and as you mentioned collecting and selling and stuff like that it's just there's so much involved with this hobby and so many different like accessories Mm -hmm. and people will argue up and down what's best and what you need in your collection and 
you know, should I use these water filtered tubes? It's it's almost as as intense as yeah. uh, custom PC building, you know, because there's no right answer. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. 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 People are wild when it comes to this stuff too. For sure. For sure. But um, I have, you know, I, I don't have a crazy setup. Um, I use a sound bar and I have a record player from the seventies. It's fully automatic. So I press a button and I'm good. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny that a lot of people have like Bluetooth speakers paired with their, uh, with their turntables now. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it seems like that's defeating the purpose of <laughs> getting that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're going for that whole pure sound experience, it seems like you would want something wired. So it's lossless, but what do I know? Yeah. Yeah. Mine just, uh, I run it through a preamp and a lot of, a lot of the like starter record players, you wouldn't even have to worry about that because they have a built in preamp. But um, yeah, mine's like um, from the, I think it's 75, 1975. And um, I run it through a preamp and then it goes through a sound bar. Sounds great. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun hobby, man. I, um, you know, that's the thing too. Like if you bought, you know, one of the record players we recommended or whatever, and and you decide you didn't like it, you really could sell it for a pretty good price. If you go on eBay, look up the exact record player that you're looking into, mm-hmm. you can get close to your money back. If you decide it's not for you, it's not you're not gonna lose that much on it. Because there's always people that are looking to get into the hobby. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know. It's, and it's there's nice. a market for it. I would say it's better, especially better than like comic books and stuff. Like I never made shit off of my comics. Or, or got any of my money back for them or anything like that, you know? Um, whereas records, I'm not saying they're all worth money. They're definitely not. Most of them are just worth probably what I paid for them, but like, or maybe a little bit less, but at least they're worth like close to what I paid for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it, once again, worst case <sighs> scenario, you have some good music. You know, that's not a bad problem to have. Yeah. I've also noticed that a lot of vinyl no, collectors absolutely. are very generous when it comes to trying to get people mm-hmm. into the hobby and that sort of thing. Um, like, for instance, in my neighborhood, there's uh, somebody that lives in the alley behind us. They will just drop off in the alley. Um, <clears throat> sorry, pressed against one of the buildings, like just a crate of records every now and then. Mm-hmm. And it's just all genres, mm-hmm. all kinds, all types. I, I'm imagining this guy as a DJ or he's trying to like find samples or something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like a little bit of everything. And of course, I've never had a device to play any of that stuff. So I usually leave it alone. But it mm-hmm. disappears in like a day, you know, and it's kind of fascinating yeah. just how how it's it's one of the most valuable assets you can have. And then it's like one of the one of the things that people will share with one another the most. They want you to experience that same feeling that they had. And there's something special about that. Yeah. And and, you know, on the same same tip of like, yes, it's there can be very valuable records. There are also like you you do not need to pay more than like four dollars for Frampton Comes Alive. Like there's 20 billion of those like you know, especially when you get records from the eighties and stuff, there are so many pressings of them. Everyone had them. A lot of them have, you know, people's names on the front because they would take them to parties and they'd be like, here, there's my Springsteen record to play at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go, <laughs> you can go to your local record store and, you know, <sighs> Uh, I, I it, it was a little bit better when I first started collecting, which was about a decade ago. But, you know, you used to be able to get records just a little bit cheaper, like a Springsteen record or something like that. But it's still accessible now. Yeah. Um, You know, I paid for one of my favorite U2 albums of all time. I paid like six bucks for it, I think. Wow. That is a steal. That's really cool. So, yeah, it's a lot to chew on. A lot of, lot, of, lot of stuff to dive into 
in that world. And I, I admire that. I appreciate that. Well, I guess since we're kind of on the it's music really kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess since we're on a music kick already, we might as well talk about our Lord and Savior, Dave Grohl. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. You know, I've never met anyone that has had a bad thing to say about the man. And that that's a testament to just how nope. unproblematic he is. There are YouTube videos about why black people love Dave Grohl so much. <laughs> like <laughs> I forget what the um what the name of the show they were hosting at the time was, but Desus and 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 um oh Miro, I guess. Uh they sat down in like a, a bodega set and just had an interview with Dave Grohl about his music and his life and everything like that. And he's just the coolest dude and just like going with him beat for beat and everything. And he is just one of the one of the coolest people. And anyway, I'll stop I'll stop gushing like a fanboy right now. We have a story about Dave Grohl. Now, of course, everybody in the music world is wondering what's going to happen with the Foo Fighters since uh, Taylor Hawkins passing and everything like that. Now that time has passed and and he's you know still being mourned, but they've paid tribute to him and everything. Now people are starting to wonder, okay, what is the next step for Foo Fighters? What's the next step for Dave Grohl in particular? And we don't have an answer for that. But we do know that Dave has been staying busy because, um, and this is why I called him, uh, you know, rock and roll Jesus. He basically fed the multitudes with bread and fish, just like Jesus did, except he did it with barbecue. He did it with smoked meats. Arguably better. I mean, I'd say so. You know? It's got flavor. You know, it's this nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's got spices. Anyway, so uh, apparently last week, Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl put down the axe, and it's coming from K-Rock, by the way, and picked up a pair of tongs to help feed the less fortunate at the Hope Mission in Los Angeles. Uh, right? It says that he spent uh, several hours. How many was it? It was 16 hours during a storm cooking up ribs, brisket, pork butt, and all the fixings in between nap breaks in the parking lot. TMZ had a lot of photos of it. Um, it shows him like smoking the meat, serving it up, talking with some of the people. Um, they said 450 guests were there and 50 staff members who were all on hand for Dave's big barbecue blowout. So not only did he bring his own smoker to the event, he paid for the whole thing too. So this man is out here 16 hours yeah. barbecuing, got the tongs, probably got on the flip-flops, <laughs> serving up the meats. It's well, a one-man RV. And that's the thing, man. If you've got money, if you have resources, if you have all this stuff, if you can help people, you should. Right. Like, right. That, it's that simple. If you can help, even if you don't have all of those things, but like, if you can help someone, you should. And I think he lives by that. And I love that. I appreciate that too, because whoever you are, you got more than somebody else. You should always use your, your, what is it? Privilege. Yes. Privilege. Uh, in order to help out somebody who's not quite where you are yet. So yeah. Yeah. Take that into consideration. Yeah. So it's because of this, because they were considering the more than likely you were like them at some point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You were in their yeah. position. Very true. That's the thing you got to remember. People forget that. That's when they get fucked up. They forget that. It's weird how that happens too. How people forget so quickly where they came from and how much they struggled and yeah. stuff like that. That stuff sticks with you, you know, and it, it, it reveals itself in one way or another, you know, for people, for the best of us, it makes you have a drive to want to help others and try to inspire them to build themselves up and give them the means to do so if you can, you know, however you can. But for others, they pull inward and just kind of become closed off because they were really never given the opportunity to, to really show charity, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a thing... It can happen. I feel like it can happen very easily. 
And like you were saying, and, and just, you have to just try to be aware of it and try your best. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. But, you know, you people like this inspire me. Yeah, me too. Me too. There was some other news about Foo Fighters, which is kind of great. Um, you know, I love me a pinball table and Stern Pinball is a local pinball company here in Chicago or Chicago land, if you want to be specific. They make all kind of cool pinball tables. I've, I've seen them all over the country. I got to interview uh, one, of the, one of the designers at CES a few years ago, um, and it was just a hoot seeing what they're coming up with. So recently, they worked with the Foo Fighters to design their own premium pinball machine. And man... This thing looks freaking cool. And in the Discord, I'll post the uh, the trailer. Yes, it has a trailer. Uh, so you can see just how cool it I'm is. I'm looking at it now. It's got a set list, Lex. 15 songs curated. That's, that's pretty dope. <laughs> it's official. It's got multi-ball. It's got all the bells and whistles. Everything you could possibly want out of a pinball machine. And it costs a lot of money. Yes. However, if you live in a town that has a place where you can play pinball. <laughs> Hopefully they're cool enough to have this machine there. And when I say expensive, the, the mid range, Oh no, I'm sorry. The low range for this thing is six, $6,999, $6,999. What, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. are there levels? Are there other things you can do with it? Like, well, they have a pro version, a premium say- version and a limited edition version. And it looks like the limited okay, edition. Okay, so I see version. there's a green one. Yeah, that's the limited one. And that one is going to run you $13,000. Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. You got to be a big pinball fan <laughs> to want to get this one. Now, hmm. it's only uh, it's only got 1,000 machines manufactured globally. They say it's highly collectible. It includes expression lighting with 96 intelligent RBG LEDs. Ruth Bader Ginsburg? No. Does it have bisexual lighting? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. (laughs) The expression expression lighting system enables full color spectrum control. Positioned in pockets cut into the cabinet size to provide color-themed full playfield illumination. This integrated playfield lighting system is synchronized to custom light shows specifically designed for every song and dynamically responsive to game events. This version also includes an exclusive rock battle inspired full color mirrored back glass, exclusive full color, high definition, reflective foil decal cabinet artwork, custom high gloss overlord, green powder coated pinball armor, a custom designer autograph, bottom arch. Okay. All right. So you're paying for the autograph. Um, Exclusive inside art blades. Yeah. Upgraded so it's like they they give it their their like go. You know, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there's a lot of little little tweaks, little little perks that come along with it. It's like it's like getting a, a custom car or something like that because this is about the same price. Yeah, so if you're in the market for a car, don't get this pinball table. But if you're in the market for a pinball table, get this pinball table. <laughs> I like what they do over at Stern. I, I played the, the average uh, pinball table cost. I played the uh, the ACDC table like crazy when that was new. It was a lot of fun. It had a smaller pinball table. I've never in. liked pinball. Really? Just yeah. never saw the point. I don't know. No, no, it's not that. I just couldn't like I I I wasn't maybe I just wasn't good at it and it just frustrated me. So I was just like, nah, not my thing. Oh yeah, no, I'm terrible at it, but I like losing. It's a lot of fun to watch the lights go off as I just keep sinking balls down the drain there. Um, moving on. Oh, I like looking at them, but yeah. <laughs> it's aesthetically pleasing. It, it scratches that same dopamine itch as like a slot machine or just Las Vegas in general. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. So how excited are you for the Super Mario Brothers movie? I keep forgetting that exists. Does that, what is that, what does that answer mean? Well, the correct answer. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here to remind you. And so is Jack specific because they just released their whole line of super Mario brothers movie toys. They're available all over the place. I saw them at target. So these action figures 
have this very interesting feature that I've I've not seen personally. I'm not going down a toy aisle every day, but you know, I like to think I stay up on things. But these toys have something very strange about them. And it's marketed as realistic eyes, right? So you've seen the trailers for this movie. You know that the eyes on Mario and Luigi look a little bit too human. It kind of like taps the glass on that uncanny <laughs> yeah. valley. So the eyes of these mm-hmm. toys, they are made in such a way like, have you ever seen that artwork where no matter where you stand in the room, like the eyes follow you, like it looks like it's tilting its head towards you, no mm-hmm. matter which direction you're in. I don't like that. I don't like that Wait, either. Right. So you probably won't like these Mario and Luigi toys then. Because <laughs> that's what they got going on. Their their eyes are like recessed behind like a clear plastic. Oh, God. So they look like they're following you around the room, no matter how you turn the head, basically. It's really creepy. I put Ew, the picture at the top why there. Why do these exist? Yeah. <laughs> no. So they cost 20 bucks each MSRP. Right. It ain't right. <laughs> that price ain't right either. 20 bucks. And they're not that big. Okay. The other, the other insult, is Mario, and I know this is like the origin movie or whatever, and they're really trying to play up like the real world aspect of it. Mario comes with an accessory that's a, it's a plunger. He comes with a plunger, a regular looking plunger. Mm-hmm. Luigi comes with a flashlight, but not like the flashlight from Luigi's Mansion. No, it's like one of those like ever ready energizer, like yellow flashlights mm-hmm. for like a storm emergency or something. So yeah, these are the toys we have available to us at this time for the Super Mario Brothers movie. But there's one that's actually kind of cool, and that's the Bowser one. So the Bowser one is, of course, like towering over the Mario and Luigi figures. It costs like $10 more, but it does something. Mm-hmm. It actually breathes smoke. It comes with like um, a little capsule that you can put in his Cigarettes. back. Yeah, he smokes oh. Marlboros. That's disappointing. Now, <laughs> just Hell drags yeah. Him. yeah like a dragon should um fucking chain smoking american spirits <laughs> he's just a moody college student is that why he's <laughs> yeah it's he what our forefathers smoked. you know it's <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so he he breathes smoke and his mouth lights up to make it look like he's blowing like flames or whatever. So that's a cool feature. I like that it's got like that feature built into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really neat. I would have liked that as a kid. Yeah. They should but make are it a these humidifier. For kids? Are they marketing towards kids? Is this movie for kids? Is it? Are they really trying or are they, are they going for like millennial adults with money? Based on all the various nostalgia bits they put in the trailer. I feel like they're, they're trying to spread the, the net a little too wide here. Cause I don't, yeah, I'm not a kid kind of getting to, but I don't really see what a kid would have to dig their heels into besides. Yeah. It's Mario. And instead of playing it, I get to watch it for an hour and, and a half. Yeah. And it's pretty, like, it looks pretty, you know, other than that. Yeah. This know. looks a little, a little, little grimy, a little dirty, but it's still Mario. It's fine. So, I don't know. Anyway, the movie's coming out April 5th now. They bumped it up two days from April 7th, so it seems like they have faith in it. What's happening April 7th that they would be like, we need to move it up? Is there anything <laughs> happening then? Let's see. Movie releases. <laughs> April 2023. Let's Something. see. Let's see what There's movie is something, right? Moviephone.com is still a website. I'm not going there. I don't trust that. What? <laughs> That's fake. All right. We have coming out April 7th, 2023, a movie called Paint and a documentary called Living with Chucky. Okay. Um, that's well, that it. sounds more interesting. That's, that's all we got. Nothing wow. else is coming out. So 
They are releasing it two days early because they want those box office numbers to be very high. Remember how they did that a lot in the early 2000s? Mm-hmm. They would try to cheat. They would say, release movies on a Wednesday because they really the want five days in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like Avatar did that. I don't know why I'm picking on Avatar, but I feel like they tried that too. I know, I know at the very least Revenge of the Sith did it mm. um, because I was so tired the next day at school. <laughs> Everyone was. Everyone came into school late. They were like, why did they release this Star Wars movie <laughs> at midnight on a Wednesday? <laughs> oh, now that you mentioned that, I know really some funny. Harry Potters did that too. I know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a trend with um, blockbusters and franchises for sure. That it was. That it they was. They kind of stopped. I don't know why. Probably for the same reason you just mentioned. People were tired. Like, look, <laughs> I'll go see your movie. Just don't make yeah. me go on Wednesday. Yeah. We'll make a deal. Yeah. Very All true. right. Let's dig into it. So let's talk about what you've been checking out lately. What have you been watching there, Lex? I'm still deep, deep into the Sopranos. It's we're in season four now. Like that's, that's how much we're, we're digging into the Sopranos. Um, <laughs> last weekend we were going to go on a trip and then uh, Kayla had sprained her ankle. Um, she's doing better now, but Good. we were like, okay, well we're going to be home. So let's watch a shit ton of the Sopranos. And it was lovely. Lovely. Have you been like eating Italian food along with the show to try to like match that energy or anything <laughs> like that? I did when we first started it. I, I cooked an Italian meal because it was making me think of it for sure. Yeah. It seems like all those good like mafia movies and shows, they always have that that, you know, dinner scene where it's like, man, that looks really good. I could go for some lasagna. I could go for some pasta right now. This mm -hmm. looks delicious. And it always is. It's it's so Okay, good. that's really funny because when I watch it, I'm like, that looks like prop pasta. Really? That's dry. Oh, yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, no, no, who approved this? This is bullshit. I can't. It looks like they broke that pasta before they, they boiled it. They, right. Something's wrong there. Oh man. This is this is your new calling. Forget the vinyl podcast. Forget the vinyl TikTok. Your new calling <laughs> is to judge every Italian dinner scene in The Sopranos <laughs> and point out what's wrong with it. Like, how could they do this? How is oh, this, this legal? Look at this mess. Look at this travesty of a meal here. Awful. 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 <laughs> So Sopranos is holding. But your yeah, attention. like that's that's what we've Yeah, oh definitely. It's great. It's fantastic. I understand the hype completely. Good. Um so that's what we've been watching that. Um and then we've been trying to do like one comedy at the same time. So we restarted Dairy Girls. That's been really funny. Oh. Yeah. You know, that's something I never got into. I heard good things though. Oh man, it's so good. You know, it's so good and it's literally like 18 episodes and that's it. And it's done. Okay. I'll have to check. I'll, I, I mean, that seems 18. like just such a low level yeah, of, very of short. investment. Yeah, I might as well check it out. All right. Cool. It's totally worth it. It's one of the best written shows and you like Kayla made a good point earlier where she was like, you cannot make this show with any other actresses. The the ensemble cast they create is fantastic. Plus, it's set in the 90s, so the music's amazing. I will give it a look. Sounds good. Yep. I hear you have to watch it with that the captions on, on like it's necessary. There's no way around it. Um, we have the captions on all the time now. So. Same. Yeah. Same. No shame in the game. Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, I, uh, it's not my preference. So, but 
you know, we get through it. It's okay. Compromise. Have you ever played around with the caption options on Netflix? Like you can give it different fonts and backgrounds and such. No, I haven't. I need to check that out. Yeah. I usually like it when it's just like the white, like, cause it like when it's just the plain white, maybe it has a shadow to it because then it fades in a little bit easier. The Sopranos one is the standard like black box ones. And mm, I don't yeah. like those at all. Yeah. I think that's the standard for everything on HBO max. I think that's just how they do, <laughs> but yeah, it, it annoys yeah. me. Um, the only time captions are really that intrusive to me uh, is during like live sporting events or just like live, like award shows or whatever, mm-hmm. because the captions are embarrassingly bad during those live events, understandably, because yeah. they're trying to like pick up different dialects and stuff from people and they're trying to type words that they may not be familiar with. Um, but it's just so bad. And sometimes they cheat and it, it's so embarrassing. Like, for instance, there is a, uh, a wrestler, Eddie Guerrero, who used to come out and his theme music would hit. And the first phrase that would pop out is Viva La Raza. And the captions would always just say, speaking in Spanish. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the words are on the screen. No, I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's just so lazy. It's just lazy sound, man. So, I don't know. No. <laughs> That's really funny. No, we, we just have this on all the time now. And it's one of those things that's like, it's easier for me to just, you know, get used to it than um, to not be able to hear or understand what people are saying. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting how some people just have always like, that's how they consume televisions with closed captions. Cause I never did, but apparently it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the sound mix on a lot of different shows and movies are to blame for that because it's always too low and then explosions come and it's just like, you know, knock you out your fucking seat. So. No, that part, I totally understand. Like, absolutely. People like need it now because the sound mixing is fucking terrible and I don't understand it. It really doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Same. Why don't we take the money that we spend on like a James Cameron movie and just spend that money on helping everyone in the sound industry properly mix film and television? Yeah, you know, I think they need better funding. That's got to be what it is. I, I'm, I'm sure they take pride in their work, and I'm sure they would love to be able to have the resources to come up with different mixes for the theater and for home release. But I, it just doesn't work out that yeah. way. Yeah, and I also think, like, I'm like, oh, you're in, like, I often wonder about that. I'm like, are you listening on headphones? Because that's different than listening on a, you know, on a television speaker or whatever, you know. Um, I, I often wonder what that process is like for editors and how they, like, are they thinking about that? Or are they just thinking about the optimal situation of watching it? I would hope that sound design studios just have one room dedicated to a shitty setup where it's just a bare bones TV with no external speakers hooked up to it mounted on a wall or maybe just leaned up against one. And you have to watch the project on that TV and listen (laughs) and see if it's palatable. They should make, they should make them watch their projects on those little, um, TVs that were like Shrek or SpongeBob or whatever. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> with the VHS from the early 2000s. Like this is with the built-in VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's that's yes. what you have to watch your movie on. <laughs> you have to watch your movie on a PlayStation Vita to fully understand sound mixing. <laughs> the game gear with a little TV tuner hooked up to it. You know, anything you got that's just really I saw, crappy. I saw a fucking video and this guy was like you know what you should invest in a playstation vita and he's like the community is there they're easy to hack we got all these like all these things and i'm like fuck no you guys weren't there before you weren't there for me when i was in the trenches why would i come back i'm not coming back absolutely i was an early adopter i was an early adopter i was one of the earliest 
and they let me down. I was now, too. I had a PSP. I had a P- PlayStation Vita. Like, yeah. fuck off. Now, the PSP, I did enjoy that console. I thought the community was there right out the box. I was able to go in. I was able to put ROMs on there, play Nintendo games, all that fun stuff, right? The, the community was ready yeah, to I love embrace that system. it. When Vita came out, they turned their backs on that thing. They were like, no. That reminds me, I had a delicious grilled cheese sandwich for lunch. It had ham on there. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, you did. Wonderful. But people are buying those now, Matt. So your your sandwich, um, you yeah. could have gotten two sandwiches now. Probably, I could have gotten with inflation. <laughs> two sandwiches, maybe a side of fries. I tell you what, though, I still feel like it was a fair trade because it was just sitting in a drawer. And now that sandwich was, well, at the time it was sitting in my stomach. So I feel like <laughs> the value was yeah. there. You know, I got I got the bang for my for my investment, right. the bang for my butt. Um, I I don't remember <laughs> what I traded my Vita in for, but I know I traded it towards something. Like like GameStop had a deal mm. where you could trade it toward another system or something like that, and I did that, and it was, was it, it was a pretty good deal. Like I was it the Switch, or was that too late? It wasn't the Switch. Hmm. It wasn't I got a Wii my U. Switch at Best Buy. No, I never. I never had a Wii U. I did. I gave that away too. Maybe uh, it was towards my PS4. All right, that makes Maybe. sense. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but I remember being like, "Oh, that's a good deal. I'm fine with that." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Lately, D and I have been checking out um, the recent season of You. I think yeah, season three with Penn Badgley on there. Um, oh, I need to catch up. Yeah, it's it's all right. You know, it's fine. No, I'm, I'm, by catch up, I mean I'm caught up on everything up until the stuff that has just aired, like this new uh, season. Okay, okay, okay. So I need to watch the new one. They did one of those weird things where they cut the season in half. So, you know, for those who have already yeah. caught all the way up, you got to wait till next week to see the second half. So it pays to drag your feet. There's so much TV out there. We tried watching that new Night Court, too. Have you seen any episodes of this yet? No. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one either. I feel like it's me because I. this seems like something I would enjoy. But at the same time, it also feels like two different shows. John Larroquette is doing his sitcom best to, you know, bring that type of humor back to the screen. Everybody else, I don't know, it seems like they're in a in a stage play. It's kind of hard to describe, but it doesn't feel like they're sharing the same space. And it's it's increasingly obvious as the show goes on. I hope they find their footing. Um, NBC is really kind of hurting for content right now, it seems like. All the good stuff that I enjoy on NBC is on Peacock. Um, yeah. What is that? Absolutely. Poker Face? I talked about that. Wonderful show. Can't recommend it enough. It's just so good. Peacock's a, a pretty good service, I think. And you know, I shouldn't be surprised by that, but I am. Because it's, it seems like they could have phoned it in. I am too. You know, um, they've got a lot of yeah. content on there. they got a lot of sports content. But something else that they've been doing, and this is, this is something else that we checked out this week too. They just dropped movies on there without making a big deal about it. A few weeks ago, mm-hmm. they put Jurassic World on there before it even hit like home release. And I'm like, wow, I didn't hear anything about this. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the newer Jurassic world, uh, whichever the last movie was. Right. They get, they get first streaming rights for certain, certain movies. I think a lot of universal films. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, they may get the Mario movie before anybody else does. Who knows? But uh, I was surprised to see they had an exclusive unrated version of Megan on there. And I hadn't seen How Megan was in the that? first place. How was it? It was. I I don't want to be a downer, man. It was just okay to me. I enjoyed it, but it was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just okay. I think it seems like a better internet joke than an actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. It did seem like a meme that was dragged out for too long. Um, it was one of those horror movies where you hate everyone. Like there's no one to root for in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh so 
you're just kind of waiting to see how people die. And that's fine because it's all just imaginary. But yeah, if mm-hmm. you are the type of person that doesn't want animals to be hurt, this is not the movie for you. Uh, I'll just put that, oh, that God. disclaimer on there before you dig into it. I don't know good, if that's the good warning. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, I feel like that's, that's something that deserves to be known. Um, I don't know if that's new for the unrated version or what, but yeah, it, it's a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I've, I've never seen it. So mm. it's just kind of like evil dead, you know, that type of like gore humor, not not the TV show, but like the movie. No, I can't even say that because it's not as gory. Never mind. Forget that. I just wanted to mention Evil Dead because I fucking love those films. Uh, it's its own thing. I guess it's like Chucky. Gun in my head is like Chucky. Yeah. 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 Like that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Chucky 2.0. It's 0. another doll movie. Right. <laughs> oh, if only it were a parody of like, you know, evil doll films like you know, not another teen movie or scary movie or something like that. That would be wonderful. I love that. I wish they still made movies like that. They, they got making those. They really they, ran those into the fucking ground. They did. They got bad. You know, I, oh, yeah, I, I, I have rose colored glasses on. Cause yeah, they got really bad. <laughs> oh, I remember watching date movie and going, that's enough of this. We're done. We're done here. Yeah. Yeah, even the Waynes brothers left the scary movie franchise after a while. They were like, okay, I, you know, mm-hmm. you guys keep going. We're going to go We've do something this. else. We got we got white chicks to film. So mm-hmm. you go ahead. You get, we'll, we'll see you later. Give us the money, but we'll see you later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. They'll collect the checks from, you know, creating it, and then they're done. Also, something that caught me That's off guard, show. Mandalorian started today, season three. Uh, yeah, I did not, <laughs> I did not know about that um, until we were talking about it in the Discord earlier. I was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> no one's talking about it. No, I haven't seen much discussion about it yet. I feel like they didn't really promote it enough, like it was actually happening, because it's been coming for like three years. We've been, div- we've been devoid of Mandalorian for so long. We're just kind of used to it, I think. But no. Hoven mm-hmm. Rogulito is back on our screens, and we are so happy that they have returned him to us. He does cute shit in this first episode, and it's it's like being home again. It's great. Um, but yeah, okay. I yeah. I am considering maybe skipping a few weeks and just waiting to marathon it. It doesn't feel like appointment viewing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I I would be fine with doing that myself as well, I think. Unless, you know, people are like, hey, you need to go watch it. I'm like, all right. And it's not a knock on how good or bad the episode was. It's just I need a lot of things to happen in a row mm-hmm. so I can enjoy it. You know, I there's like eight episodes in this yeah. season. They like to take their time and, and, and plant seeds and drag things out. You know, that's great for them. I would like to have the full thematic experience from start to finish so maybe i'll just wait or we'll see i don't know yeah no that's that makes sense to me i probably will do the same all right we're talking about reading reading what are you reading do you know how to read oh you know i relearned quite recently actually it's funny i was thinking like between duolingo and the stuff i've been doing for uncanny lately i spoke three different languages this week and that's kind of that's kind of cool i like that Mm -hmm. um that's pretty dope yeah (laughs) but reading wise oh no it's real basic still i'm reading comics lex i read this book named radiant black and what's cool about this first of all you can find it on hoopla of course it's got three volumes out it's it's beautifully drawn it's written by the one and only kyle higgins who you may know from uh, DC Comics. He wrote a lot of stuff for them over his career. He's from Homer Glen, Illinois. And uh, he's younger than me. Was he working on... Hmm? Was he working on, like, Superman or something at one point? Or am I just fucking... Yeah, yeah. Never mind. He did work for... He did work on Superman at one point. He wrote a lot of Batman Beyond stuff. He wrote um, Nightwing. 
uh, from 2011. His name sounds really familiar. But his most recent claim yeah, of fame. It's the Nightwing book. That's it. That's the mm-hmm. one. That's the one I'm thinking of. His most recent claim to fame has been he has been working on the Power Rangers franchise with Boom Studios, right? So mm, yeah. <laughs> while writing the Power Rangers book, there's certain things that you can and can't do with these characters. You know, this is this is the the blessing and the curse of working on licensed characters. You have a good story to tell, but you're beholden to the rules and regulations of whoever owns that property. So Mr. Higgins decided to go ahead and make his own Power Rangers book, and it's called Radiant Black. Yes, it is kind of a Power Rangers story. However, the gloves are off. And it's not one of those just like, oh, yeah, they're dirty and they have sex and they shoot people and stuff like that. No, it's just more mature Mm -hmm. in the storytelling. It's still a lot of fun. Um, There's still brightly colored people fighting, sometimes monsters, sometimes each other. But it's an interesting story. It's an interesting uh, book, and it's very character-driven. I highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. Somebody recommended it to me recently, and they're like, you know, if you even kind of liked Power Rangers at one point, you'll enjoy this book. And they were right. It's a really good read. That's cool. I I liked Power Rangers a lot when I was a kid, but I've never really felt like I need to revisit that, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, sometimes you just need to leave stuff that you enjoyed in the past. Let the memory be. I loved the movie with the ooze or whatever. <laughs> I watched that a lot. You were of the age. Yes. I have an ooze. <laughs> yeah. I also fucking loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where they time traveled or whatever. Like apparently the worst one. But oh, I part loved because I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- You know, this is something that we talk about often, which is whatever is popular when you're a kid is what you're going to enjoy because it's like the first thing Mm -hmm. you see. We don't know. We don't know of taste at that point. Half the shit that I liked was very crappy, too. (laughs) I mean, oh, man, I'm getting a lot of shit for this. Thundercats? Yeah, it. sure. I loved it. But looking back at it now, man, they were bad. (laughs) Cats yeah. with swords, Lex. There was a cat good. that had nunchucks. <laughs> anyway. No, but I liked that that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they were like they were like time traveling and they were like samurai and shit. Like it was fun. And that's what matters. It was fun, and you didn't you enjoyed yeah. it. That's what matters most. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Aside from Radiant Black, I've been reading. Because, you know, of all the different DC announcements that we've been hearing lately, I decided to check out uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing, which is Alan Moore's run on the Swamp Thing books. And let me tell you, it's dry. It's dry. It's dry. (laughs) Boy. Oh, Oh, no. For it to be a swamp, it's incredibly dry. Uh, It's my fault, partially, because I read it before bed. And we were talking at the top of the show about how to fall asleep. Saga of the Swamp Thing does it for me every single time. I'll be reading this book. All of a sudden, my phone's on the floor and my alarm is ringing for me to wake up for work. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's okay. I, I think maybe I waited too long. Because, I mean, this is a book that came out in the 80s. And, you know, that, that 80s style of art, especially for the Vertigo books, was very raw and uh you have to be in the right mood to read it like a lot of the stuff that came out at the time for preacher not preacher but um sandman has been recolored and remastered and stuff like that i don't think the swamp thing books got that same level of attention and while it's very might moving forward when they're doing like the swamp thing movie but yeah Mm. i don't think it has either yeah you're probably right about that they may come out with some type of omnibus or something like that uh, you know, to, to make a couple bucks off the yeah. character again. But we'll see. Maybe I'll yeah. give it another try then. But right now, I think I got to go back to something fun, which is Radiant Black. So yeah. maybe I'll go, uh, you know, look for some other books of that nature. Because, man, like, it's it's like work. It's like homework, for real. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to do to unwind. No, no. So what have you been reading? What have you been checking out? 
Um, I've been reading books, like book books. Uh, I haven't been as fast going through, um, like physical books as I have audiobooks. So physical book, I'm reading this book called Brother. It's a horror, like an Appalachian horror book. Mm. Uh, it's pretty interesting so far <laughs> about a fucked up family. And then I'm uh, listening to uh, that Daisy Jones and the Six. There's a TV show coming out about it soon that's produced by Reese Witherspoon. Okay. And it's like about a rock star band in the 70s kind of thing. It's really good. What's interesting about the audiobook is that it's the format of the book itself is all of these people talking about their experiences in that band in like present day talking about the past kind of thing. So the audiobook, yeah, the audiobook is all like it's a cast, like all of these people reading their parts. Hmm, and okay. Judy Greer is one of the the narrators in it. It's it's pretty cool. Oh, okay, that's really neat. Yeah, I like stuff like that. It, it holds my yeah, attention. It's getting me that that TV show too. The TV show that's coming out. I saw an ad for that. The Judy guy looks like Heath Ledger to me, like yeah. a young Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah, he was in like the Hunger Games franchise and stuff. Oh, gotcha. He's also not younger. He's, I think he's like 40. I really? Uh, cheekbones are misleading. I don't know. Okay. The, the main guy, like the main guy in it. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I saw an ad today about something. It had a guy and a girl singing together, guitar on stage. Yeah. I mean, that's I'll, probably it. I'll report He's 36. <laughs> His name's so, Sam Claflin. Okay. Sam. It's a good, yeah. strong name. I don't hear pronounce his name. Yeah. yeah. Sam Classic. Why not? Are you still enjoying The Last of Us? Yes, very much so. Are you? I am. I'm. Okay. I'm good. a little <laughs> not surprised, but partially disappointed by the discourse online about it because it's like you had a decade to even casually hear that one of the main characters of this game was gay and somehow that escaped you <laughs> and now you want to make it our problem it's like dude this is the second time they've fucking done that too because they yeah. did it with <laughs> um you know yeah so it's oh god it's so stupid like Frank and Bill, like they didn't know their characters were gay either. It's like, God damn it, get over it. That was episode three. And so I don't know if they had mm -hmm. the thought that they could come back in like, OK, now that that's out the way, we'll come back and enjoy this show about, you know, post-apocalyptic undead people, mushrooms and shit and thought, oh, yeah, we're past this part of it. No, it, it's always been there. It's always been part of the show. I... I wish that I kind of wish the show was called Mushrooms and Shit. Well, that would be that would be pretty great. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. But yeah, it's amazing. I don't like listening to the discourse. Um, I will say that majority of the things that I see are people just fucking excited for all the like Easter eggs and all of the detail that they put into the show and are just genuinely enjoying it. I don't really yeah. see a lot of negative stuff. So that's nice. That is nice. You know, I really look forward to at the end of the episode where they sit down with Neil Druckmann and the guy who is the showrunner mm -hmm. for the series, for the TV show. And they kind of go over the decisions that they made going into it and how they wanted to, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of paint the picture a little bit differently this time around because they learned something from when they did the game. I That, that type mm -hmm. of stuff just fascinates me. I love that. And it's such a it's such a well put together show. It's got a huge budget and they're not afraid to use it. They made a mistake on episode six where you could see some of the like film crew or something like that. And they straight mm -hmm. up like did a patch just like it was a game and took it out. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, no. They, we're, we're, yeah, they've done that with game. Remember Game of Thrones did that with yeah. the cup too and everything. Like with it's, the coffee. it's definitely yeah. HBO's got that money. <laughs> they could take care of it. That's so cool. I can't wait for the um like the Blu-ray to come out and to get all of the bonus features for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope they put one out for it because I mean, the design of it alone is going to be fantastic. It would be kind of great too if they just like bundled it together with the re-release of Last of Us Part One and just say, "Hey, here's the story, two different ways. Mm-hmm. Choose, enjoy." That would be yeah. cool. But they got to make that cast, and I got to do it that. Way. I would have considered a, if if I had it in the budget, I'd consider a PS5 just to replay that remaster. Man, like that's how much I love it. Watching the show was making me want to play it again too. To be honest, like even the even the DLC, yeah. like man, yeah, I feel bad she didn't. I pick just don't got that PS2 money. Was that? <laughs> I said I just don't got that that I said PS2 money I think but I meant PS5 whatever I don't I don't even have PS2 money at this point I I feel you it's fine <laughs> no I could probably play PS2, PS2 games PS2 on money. my Steam Deck but it's probably not something I should discuss on our podcast those so, Steam Deck games look dope that whole system looks fucking cool man it is I'm not buying that either but you know it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. It is a big purchase, but it's one that has been validated for me several times over, based on the different experiences I've had with it, and it's kind of great in that regard because a lot of times you'll spend a lot of money on something that you need, and it's like, okay, this is a necessity, that's cool. But then when it's something that's a luxury, mm-hmm. when it's something that's like you don't need it, it's great when that product goes the extra mile to show you, like, hey. You didn't waste your cash. This is fucking cool. You're cool to own it. That's what Steam Deck does frequently, consistently. And it's got that community. Again, the community was there day one trying to figure out how to make it do cooler shit than it already did. And you know what Valve does when they find out about that stuff? They adopt it and add it to an update, for instance. The start screen, when you turn it on, it's just a little animation Mm -hmm. of the Steam Deck logo or whatever. So people found a way to get into the actual, um, you know, uh, uh, the root of the program or whatever, Software? and put their own custom opening videos on there. And Steam, oh, well, that's not Steam. Cool. yeah, Valve was like, oh, that's dangerous. We don't recommend doing that. Give us a month. And then they came back in a month and said, okay, here's a clear path for you to do that if you want to. It won't break your system that's anymore. That's cool. It is. I love that. Yeah, shit. I like that. They're like, "Hey, we just don't want you to screw up your system. I, let's help you." Right, right. So I, I love it. It's good shit. That's dope. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to play Portal, that's the that's the other part too. Your purchase is validated because the games that you buy for the system are usually on deep, deep discount. Portal One and Two, you can get for two dollars right now for Steam Deck. Two bucks. I can't, I can't buy the right. system, man. I can't. You can buy me one, but I can't buy myself one. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, that's the other side of the coin, too, because I was talking to Dee about this um, when I when I got it, and it came a point at Christmas time where I'm like, you know, I could probably get another one and give it to somebody, right? And we were talking about it, and I was like, okay, if you don't want one, right? If you won't, if you aren't actively like excited about getting a Steam Deck. And you know what you're going to do with it when you get it. It's almost like giving somebody mm-hmm. work. Because not only are they trying <laughs> to like find use in it, they have to like retroactively figure out all the different things they can do with it. And then they have to report back to you about how they're using Because you don't want to get a gift from somebody and just be like, oh, yeah, thanks. And they never hear about it again. They want to hear you enjoy it and stuff like that. Or it may come up over dinner or something. So you like it, blah, blah, blah. And it's just sitting in the box in the corner, like, oh yeah, I play it every day. That one game is really fun. I I like expensive gadgets. I find <laughs> use for them. I make it work. <laughs> I hear you. Message received. <laughs> I literally just had to tell Kaylee the other day, I was like, please don't let me buy another laptop. I want one. I I kind of am gonna need one at some point, but I am not getting one yet. Like, I'm not going to get one until I have to get one kind of thing right now in my mind. Yeah. I validated a lot of purchases. And I was like, please don't let me do that. And she's like, <laughs> she was like, she was like, okay, don't do that. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> At least make me work towards having to explain to you why I need one. That's, that's all I ask. No, it's so funny. 
Yeah, well. Well, that's all we got today for you folks. Thank you for tuning in. Um, follow us on yeah. go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. MySpace. Um Tout. I think we have a Tumblr. Vine. What? Um Oh Vine, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flicker? Where it's just the whole a podcast episode broken up into seven second intervals. It's it's long, but you know it's worth it. Get us get us those Vine views. Follow follow us on Hit Clips. Those little Hit clips, clips that you put into the little player. <laughs> we have an exclusive new line coming out soon. So I want to I want to be the first podcast to release on Hit Clips. Just <laughs> just dead media. If anyone can help us release hit clips of our podcast, <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would fucking love that. That would be right. Someone yes. help us out, please. <laughs> Hook us up. Oh, man. We want well, hit clips. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, folks, for listening. I'm Matt Follow Peters. us on the Old Timey Radio, everyone. Thank you. Old, the Old Timey Radio. And I'm Lex Lutz. Yes. The old timey radio. Follow us. I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Everyone listening on the old timey radio. <laughs> Good day. Bye. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. That was a, that was a weird bye. That was, yeah, it a, was. That was an old timey radio. It was an old-time radio, but it worked. It worked.